Welcome to the Ultimate Journey of Self-Care. I am Allison Katzkowski, your host. Thank you so much for tuning in to check out exactly what we're talking about. Self-care means so many things to people. It's one of the reasons I decided to start this show. And you'll hear self-care discussed from a number of different angles in this space. I am grateful to have you with me, and I hope you get a lot out of what I'm going to share with you today. Hey, everybody. It's Allison Katzkowski. Thank you for joining me today for another edition of The Ultimate Journey of Self-Care. I'm excited to be with you on this Tuesday morning, as always. And of course, as always, I am always grateful that you are choosing to spend some of your day with me. So today I'm talking to Alyssa Pease. She is a licensed therapist. But before you start thinking that we're going to be talking about mental health today, we're actually going to talk to center our conversation around how we create conscious wealth in our lives. Um, A lot of people have belief systems around money. A lot of people have belief systems that don't serve them around money. And even though Alyssa is a therapist and has her own practice, she actually is working on a pretty unique initiative with a wealth manager called the Center for Conscious Wealth. And that's really where we're going to be centering our talk today. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much. It's a great intro. I appreciate it. Absolutely. So please do me a favor and introduce yourself, if you would, to my audience. Yeah, just to piggyback off of what you said, I've um, been a licensed psychotherapist for about 20 years and a few years ago went through a gestalt uh, training program that's based around facilitation and met a great friend. And he and I have started a collaborative kind of passion project called the Center for Conscious Wealth and brings his knowledge of managing wealth and my experience with kind of the ways we can be with ourselves uh, around money and things that sometimes we might want to avoid, bringing both of us together to create a space for families or businesses that might be merging to have some difficult conversations and process. Okay. Well, why don't we start there then? So I know a lot of people listening are probably thinking, okay, why do, why would a therapist get involved with a client who is deciding to, you know, work towards some financial goals? I mean, tell, tell me, tell me kind of the story around that. I think with anything, we have to be aware of the story we tell ourselves. So when people start therapy, I'm often looking at the narrative process. And my co-founder of the center, Brandon, he has a book, Conscious Wealth. And his his book, before we met each other, his book is based in the story that we tell ourselves around money. So that was an instant connection that we both see. And, and knowing that story that we tell ourselves, the relationship that we have with finances, with with our weight, with our worthiness, you know, insert whatever topic that is, that story that we build our habits and patterns around it's really important. So when we are starting to really take control of our finances or understand that, bring consciousness into it, I don't think you can do that without starting there. Yeah. Well, and I also think that it's really difficult to do it on our own. I know what my coach always reminds me that we can't read the label inside the bottle. And I <laughs> And I mean, and, and she's right. And, um, and, but if you think about it, it's like we can know that there's a problem or there's a disconnect or, you know, we, cause we can feel it, right? We can feel, you know, I shouldn't have made that decision. I shouldn't have, you know, decided to do that because if I hadn't, I'd be further along or I'd be able to invest over here or whatever. So I think 
I think there's a lot of tricky thoughts, to use your point, that, you know, we can sort of tell ourselves, you know, and then that kind of keeps us in a repeat loop. Oh, for sure. The one that comes to my mind, you know, I think sometimes we want to deny or hide, you know, we don't want to face that kind of bottom line on our credit card statement or on our bank account. And so we, we don't bring it to our awareness. And we might tell ourselves a story that based in fear, we also, Brandon and I also like to think of the concepts of, you know, scarcity and abundance when it comes to wealth and life in general Mm -hmm. uh, and how that affects it as well. Yeah. Well, and also to piggyback on that real quick, and my audience is very familiar with this because I talk a lot about energy work in my work. Yeah. I feel like, you know, we attract what we are energetically. So for example, if we are not good money managers, then we will attract all kinds of money problems in our lives, right? We will always perceive that there's never enough money. We will always look at our bank balance and wish that it were bigger, right? We will always feel like we just are barely getting by, right? And so I feel like, you know, if we're going to start thinking different around money, then we have to first look at how we're doing ourselves, right? And and we want to talk about how energetically we're able to do that in a much better way. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. What are some of the common things that you hear when you first start talking with someone around creating more conscious wealth? What are some of the more the common stories that you hear from people? Really those first money memories. Uh, we're so, that's something modeled in our family of origin and that we're witnessing and developing, you know, those those schemas around how we perceive money and the relationship with money, how our mom and dad treated, mm-hmm. you know, those, those conversations and, and us witnessing that asking if we can go get something and, you know, like, no, it's too expensive. Uh, those, those really shape how as adults, we, we look at things. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I, I remember in my house growing up, both of my folks are self-made and, you know, my dad put himself through school and everything. And I can just distinctly remember as a child hearing two things around money. Nothing's free and mm-hmm. can't just go out back and shake the money tree, right? It's like, <laughs> so, so, and to some degree that's true, right? We have to be, you know, responsible with our finances and, you know, make good decisions. But by the same token, you can't live afraid to spend, right? You can't be afraid to take a chance and invest because that's just life is that's just not how life is and i just would love to to hear your perspective on that and you know what you're talking about is really having a non-dualistic approach it's it's allowing two or more things to be true it is saying yes we need to be aware of our reality when it comes to our budget and not living in fear of that budget that that Understanding that and being with that, not building resistance around that brings in energy to be with it. And when we aren't resisting something, we can move with it. Yeah. Um, and, and so really understanding those early ways in which we're informed and process that and allowing that to be true and also allowing it to be true that we can understand our own perspective today. Yeah. So it's looking back, understanding that modeling and allowing ourselves to say, okay, what do we want to take from that and, and be with today? 
It's yeah. bringing it into consciousness. Yeah. And it's and to your point, it's becoming more aware of it and making a, you know, for lack of a better way to say it, a conscious decision, right? No pun intended. Right. You, you know, to live our life differently and to say, you know what, even though I believe this over here and there's still truth to that, I can also believe this over here to your point. I agree. I say it a lot that I think once we begin to name something, bring it into our awareness, we can be with it. And then we often are able to observe ourselves having those thoughts, creating that kind of pattern, making those choices, the behaviors. And and it really isn't until we can hold all of that and again, be with it rather than in denial or resisting it, then we can be empowered to to change how yeah. we are those things. Yeah. So let's let's start there for just a minute before we get into some actionable tips and things just for people to think about. So what's I don't know if you have like a laundry list or if you can go through kind of just describe what your process is when you're trying to help someone create a new belief system around how they've treated money. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's different. I'm very holistic in, in my approach as a therapist and Brandon and I feel that that's important with the center as well, because every form, family, company, whomever we're dealing with, they're coming in with their own stories, their own context. So just approaching it and, and understanding what is there. Um, but, you know, I, I feel like a broken record, but I can't, I can't emphasize enough how important it is to begin to call things into our awareness. Yeah. To those, those conditioned thoughts, conditioned patterns to really begin to name those and understand them. So that kind of creating that, what is your first money memory? And then we really like to bring in some embodiment work. Can you give me an example? Yeah. So for some people, you know, you were just able to recall those two common phrases in your household. For some people that can cause some anxiety perhaps, yeah. or, you know, maybe just a, a feeling of, of heaviness or fear or like, like, yes, like that's the only way it can be, you know, kind of a rigid place um, of acceptance. And so just ca- again, calling into awareness, what is that story and how are you being with that story? So and then- how are you being with that story? I mean, let me just ask one more question here for people listening. Can you be a little more specific? Because I mean, no offense, but that sounds almost very coach speak. So if we're, if we're talking about like bringing, bringing our story into our existence, can you like speak in more practical terms around that? Like what that really looks like? Sure. I think, you know, when in recalling that story, it's important to understand how we're feeling and, and from how we're feeling, we're either staying in consciousness or we're wanting to kind of slip back into an unconscious way of being. As a therapist, I see a lot of people just say to me, well, that's just the way it is. Um, Or I will often watch them go into this kind of programmed talk or way of doing something. And I often say to them, can you come back and like, can you feel your feet on the floor? Can you access your breath? Um, Because we are overriding a lot of very heavenly, heavily conditioned thoughts yeah. or patterns. Yeah. Does that yeah. answer your question? I think so. Yeah. My coach calls that like a program, you know, if, Absolutely. if, 
you're just continuing to go back to the same story, that's a program. And in order to override that program, then, you know, it starts with, to your point, being more aware of what you're thinking, recognizing it, and then deciding, okay, what do I want this to mean if I'm understanding it correctly? And, you know, what can I think that's going to, you know, help me create a different awareness around it? So you really, you know, for lack of a better way to say it, you really just have to, you know, allow yourself to even consider that something else could be possible. A hundred percent. Yes. And for a lot of people, that's really hard if we're creatures of habit. And it's hard, number one, because we're choosing to think that it's hard, right? It's like my coach says, hard as a thought, right? And Mm -hmm. if we're going to, if we're deciding to change something about us, it really requires a change in our identity to some degree. And I think that's where so many people fall short. I agree. Yeah. So when it comes to money, then what are some, you know, you know, I I just, I'd like for you to explain a little bit more about, are there, is there like an, like a list or there's some, some things that you could offer my audience around what, where do you start to change your identity? I think it's naming, what do you want to change? You know, for some people, it might be, they want to give a little more. They might want to accept that they actually do have enough. And they want to to give a little more for others, especially in today's reality. We're kind of wondering, do I have enough? Yeah. And 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 what does that look like? So you know, as with anything, you kind know, of what is what is your intention with money? What do you want to look at? And and then from there, really just kind of, especially if you're on your own. But I, you know, again, working with somebody is so important, as your coach said, to help you challenge those beliefs because we are in an echo chamber if we just stay thinking about that in our own mind where you look now with social media and you know 24-hour news and reality tv and all of that it's like so many people just live in a bubble you know and they just think because it works for them it'll work for me and that's not to say that it couldn't work for you but you just you have to consciously think about it too a thousand percent. And, you know, one, I think we're seeing that right in the world today, how divided we are. And then we're in our own echo chambers in that division. And so if we yeah. apply that money, if we do have a scarcity mindset to money, even if all of our needs are met, we have retirement, we have all those major goals kind of checked out. And yet we want to hang on so tightly or we're forever checking those accounts. You know, it, it's kind of swinging out on the other end of the polarity there. If, if your intention is that you do want to expand your range there and, and reading about tremendous givers, you know, some people that decide to give their salary away for a year, you know, those kind of like opposite end of the spectrum choices to kind of find where you integrate in along the middle. So I think challenging those, those conditioned beliefs is really important. And on the other end of that, if we live in fear, look at those that make huge decisions to, I don't know, do things that some of us might think like, oh my God, that's a huge risk to read about their experience because it just allows us, that's how we get out of those rigid stories we tell ourselves. When, when certain feelings, you know, come up around money, whether it's fear, anxiety, um, you know, disappointment, whatever you want to call it, it's starting with what we're thinking about it. I mean, feelings just don't happen in a vacuum. Oh, for sure. I agree. One of Brandon's biggest concepts, Brandon Hatton, my friend with the center, 
is is continuously saying, I am enough. Mm-hmm. You know, the the thought of abundance. And and I know that's out there and, and it can be a buzzword, but yet when we really allow that principle to be true, it is such a safe place for expansion and for more and all of those things that we're talking about. Well, and a lot of the negativity and the anxiety that we feel, particularly around money and paying bills and saving for retirement and all of that, you know, if, if we can learn to detach from that, then the fear will let go of us. But we, we literally have to learn to look at it in a different way. I agree. Yeah. And a common, a common thing, you know, as, as a therapist, this is what I bring into this space of, of conscious wealth is, Again, when we are resisting something, we're building, and to your point of energy, we're building so much resistant energy to uh, getting where we want to go. And and without truly being with that and, you know, acceptance, letting go, all of those, it, I think when people are in that trap, it's like, oh my God, it's not that easy. And I yeah. respect that. And I know that it's not yeah. um, until it is. And then sometimes out of that, then it is, it is kind of like, wow, I was really trapped in. Yeah. And I mean, what, what was really coming up for me as you were talking is the saying, what, what you resist will persist. Right. So, so if you continually like push something away, then it'll just keep showing up. You know, if you're, if you continue to resist something, it'll just continue to remind you, you know, that it's not there or that this isn't working or whatever, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. 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 So why do you think then, just one more question, why do you think so many people struggle with their belief system around money today, especially when it comes to, you know, taking care of themselves and prioritizing themselves and prioritizing their families? And, you know, we have so many tricky thoughts in our culture that, you know, if I put myself first, I'm being selfish, which is ridiculous. Cause if you don't take care of yourself, how can you take care of your family and the people that mean the most to you? Right. So, you know, why do you think so many people go back and forth with that? When you first started to speak, the thing that came to me first was it's such a huge player of self-worth. Yeah. What and worth and, and, and there are so, you know, look at, there's so much pressure out there. And, and it's just like if we look at weight or especially weight, I think, along with money. With you. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's so I think the same concepts are around as far as um, other focused about our own worth around it. Like we judge others to find our own place in those two concepts. Like, uh-huh. well, I really be wealthy or I might not have enough because, well, they have more. And it's like, it's so hard to find that landing point within ourselves. Sometimes I think without having a really solid foundation of self-acceptance and knowing our own worth and knowing that our worth isn't tied into that. But without that foundation, I begin just like, or I think with everything, it begins to be kind of a swirl of then shame and guilt and unconsciousness, just continuing, like you said, you know, just programs that we stay in. Let's just get along. They're pretty out of control. Yeah. And then the lines just stay blurred and we stay in this. You know, and then we think in five years, why do I always end up here? Or, 
why is this always happening to me? You know, and it's, and it almost, and we we're create, we've created the evidence because we know what we see and we know what's happened. Right. But yeah. that's, that's, that's actually what's in our way. I agree. When I first became a therapist, I had this kind of, you know, as far as marketing goes or whatever, I kind of had this dream of, of, of a lens that somebody had up to their eye that they could see so clearly, but everything around them was blurry. And, uh-huh. and, as I've gone on over the years, I continue to have that image in my mind when I work with people, because when, what are we talking about with consciousness is it's bringing things into focus. And as yeah. you said a minute ago, you know, it can get so blurry and it's like yeah. people aren't really even intentionally choosing to keep it blurry. That's just human behavior. Some, you right. know, and, and, right. and so it does take that initial, okay. I need to bring consciousness into this. I need to understand it. In order to understand it, I need to talk about it. I need to understand my story around it. I need to understand my behaviors and my beliefs around it. And I need to challenge those a bit. No, and I think I think when we I think one of the best things that we can do on a daily basis is challenge what we're thinking. Really? Is that true? Who am I when that's true? What do I need to believe if that's true? You know, and that's conscious thought. That doesn't just fall out of the sky, right? Right, at all, especially at the pace we're all living in today. Exactly. I was just going to say, and the the culture that we live in, you know, keeps us in that low energy place, you know? So, and then it becomes like, well, I got to keep up with so-and-so and what's wrong with me, et cetera, et cetera. And then that leads us to make different decisions. Absolutely. Yeah. So what are your best, what are your top tips that you can offer people listening to, you know, where can they begin to, you know, reframe, whether it's their money story, whether it's where they're seeing themselves in the world and the legacy they want to leave or, you know, their self-worth. I mean, what, what are some easy places that you can offer for people to begin this practice on their own? I mean, people might want to roll their eyes, but I really believe sitting down and writing it out. What, who are you with money? What are the truths around your relationship with money? How do you approach financial decisions? Uh, what, what do you want for yourself? And, and compared to what you want for yourself or what you're, what you're looking for as far as your relationship with money, where is it currently? What's the reality in comparison to that? And, and starting there and, and then from there, I think it becomes pretty clear some first steps we could take, or if not, then just find somebody that you're safe with, which can be kind of hard, but you can always, you know, have a facilitator or a therapist help you or coach really help you nail down those next steps. But I think without that moment of truth with ourselves, you know, it's that hard love, hard truth. And when we want it bad enough, we're willing to kind of write down all those things that are true. And, and it helps, again, bring that into focus that, yeah. yeah, I've been in this pattern long enough. I'm ready to get this. Do you just recommend for anyone listening that if they're like stuck on something with money, if, if they're wondering why they still stay in the same place to, I mean, do you have questions that you recommend that they ask or do they just kind of take their journal out and start writing? Because honestly, I think sometimes that's part of the problem too, because we're just confirming the story to ourselves when we write it out. It's a good point. And, and I often, I mean, I would almost challenge that too as to who is really asking themselves those questions or, you know, like, like as far as sitting down with the intention of what is my money philosophy? Who am I with money? 
Um, what are my habits around money? Mm-hmm. Those are some of the questions I would ask is, you know, first, what is my first money memory? And then from there, how, how does this show up today? And am I okay with that? Is this because like I said earlier, our first money memory is so shaped and molded in the, usually the home we've grown up in or our parents' approach to money. And how is that, you know, bringing that into consciousness? And then step two, how is that affecting us today? How is that showing up today? And then kind of a third question of, is that how you want your relationship with money to be? Are you okay with the way things are right now? Yeah. And just really start thinking and challenging that just because you believe something that's, that's, that's true right now, you can believe something else to be true too. Yeah. I think we yeah. get in that all or nothing mindset. I know I see that a lot in the fitness industry. It's like, I got to be, a, I got to do it all. And I'm like, no, you don't have to do it all. Not at the beginning. Let's focus on this one thing first, right? What a great way to not start, right? <laughs> like yeah. let's overwhelm the nervous system from the job. Totally. Yeah. Well, that's that. Well, think about that though. That's coming from a place of insecurity and overwhelm and control, which is all about scarcity. It's not a bit about abundance. If we're wanting, if we're wanting to jump in, I'm not saying don't be all in. Cause I mean, personally, if I make a decision to do something, I'm a hundred percent in. I'm not a one foot in the door, one foot out the door kind of person. And anyone that knows you will, knows me will tell you that about me. But at the same token, by the same token, if you're looking at making a major change in your life, whether it's working on, you know, changing a belief system or creating a different line of thought, you know, it's, it's, I think, you know, we have to give ourselves some grace. We don't have to be good at all of it at once. You know, we can start with one thing and then go to the next and then go to the next. It's a, it's a continuous process and it really never stops. That's right. And I, I, I completely agree. And just one example that was coming to me as you were talking, I see it in here a lot. It is like, okay, I need to change everything about this all at once. Yeah. And and that's really slowing them down and thinking about really that's comes back to embodiment. You know, your nervous system doesn't work that way, you know, and that's one of those automatic things that we're going to go right back into our programming because we're sending ourselves into, you know, fight, fight, freezer, sleep, you know, and, and, and it's like, we're not going, we're not going to do well, moving in that what we see in my industry in January when everyone joins the gym. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, everybody wants to get healthy. Everybody wants to drop the holiday weight. They want to get in shape for summer, whatever story they're telling themselves. And they jump in with both feet, which is great, but they don't think about on a conscious level, to your point, the changes that they're going to have to make to sustain all of that. So whenever I take on a new client, it's always, this is what we're going to focus on first. Let's leave all this other stuff over here because it's, it's a process. And if you want to sustain a new habit for a long time, you have to be patient with yourself too. Right. I don't know if you're familiar with Dave Ramsey. There's an approach out there, um, like this envelope approach. And I was newly married and, you know, we were both in grad school and we're doing our best and we had listened to something about that. And not knocking that program at all. It was just such an overhaul for us that all of a sudden I was carrying cash in envelopes and, you know, I'd be at the gas station. And before I knew it, I was like, I don't want to do any of this. <laughs> so yeah. I almost rebelled the opposite way. Like, forget it. 
I don't want to keep no, talking. Yeah, because it's like it's and look, I, I anyone that listening is familiar with Dave Ramsey knows how he feels about debt. He's like, he's like, get rid of all of it, cut up the credit cards, only keep a debit card. I mean, and it's like, and you think about and look, that's fine, but I mean, and I'm look, I'm all for being responsible with your money, but I think, you know, I think you can be responsible with credit too. But I just think that, you know, there are a lot of people that that are not responsible with it. So I think, you know, we have, what we have to understand is to each their own. I agree. And, you know, as, as you're speaking, it's coming to me too. And it goes back kind of the energy it. And, and my fundamental belief as a therapist is that, you know, what we're talking about, right. Spending as a behavior. Yeah. And yet we have to get below that, just like fitness and working out that those are behaviors. But what we need to do is get underneath that and understand our yep. inner programming, those inner thoughts, those inner impulses, all of those things. So, you know, it just goes back to all of the things we've been mentioning around money and the stories we tell ourselves and, and really getting down into that rather than all of a sudden get out there and change all of these behaviors. Yeah. You, it yeah, doesn't work that way. Right. Agree. And And you look at, you know, to your point, the things that we're doing, you know, the decisions that we're making and the behaviors that we're engaging in are really the symptom of something. So for example, when we go back to money and we think about people who, you know, are always overextended, they're always, you know, they're always, they never seem to get out of debt. They, you know, live way beyond their means or whatever. And it's like, that's the symptom. So what's really underneath that to your point? And I think we have to be very, very careful and also very patient with ourselves. But I think it's very important for everyone listening to understand that it is possible to change that story. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I guess that's the one thing that I want to make sure everyone listening understands is that it's difficult. Anytime we dig into ourselves, it's difficult because we're not quite sure what we're going to find, right? My coach calls that the earthworm effect, but, but, um, <laughs> right. right. But, um, yeah. at the end of the day, it's, it, it's a continuous process. We never get to the point where we, you know, we're completely like, you know, that we don't get to the point where we stop doing that. I think it's a continual learning process. And, you know, one of the things that I always talk about is that, you know, this is why I call this show, The Ultimate Journey of Self-Care, because it is a journey. And you have to look at what works for you and be open to, you know, finding something that works. But hey, if you get down the road and you want to change it, you can change it too, but you have to be aware of that. Absolutely agree. Yeah, I respect that. And, and, and that's an abundant thought in yeah. and of itself that yeah. as we unravel or unpeel back layers of conditioned ways of being that we've just kind of unconsciously attached ourselves to, I just see so much, I have felt personally, and I see it on the other side, there's so much freedom and peace, you know, yeah. it, when yeah. we just continue to sink in further and further to ourselves yeah. and under- ourselves better, which is really the message is, you know, in consciousness, you will understand yourself better. You will understand your relationships yeah, yourself with others, with money. When it comes to doing yourself is to be, is to get that clarity, you know, and, and, you know, what, once we have that clarity, it's like, we can literally make peace with where we are. Absolutely. So where can people connect with you, Alyssa? 
Uh, I have a website, AlyssaHarperPease.com, and the Center for Conscious Wealth can be found at ConsciousWealth.com. And it will, on, on that website, it will offer investing or living, and it's on the living side. And to do the work on the living side, you do not have to be a wealth uh, customer. Okay. Or, you guys, yeah. do you, what are your social media handles? Uh, my name, uh, Alyssa Harper Pease, and then uh, Brandon Hatton, H-A-T-T-O-N, and Conscious Wealth. ConsciousWealth.com or Conscious Wealth. I'm sorry. Social media. Okay. So you guys are on Facebook and LinkedIn, I'm assuming. Yes. And Instagram. And Instagram too. By your name again? Yep. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Um, any parting thoughts? I really enjoyed talking to you. Thank oh. you for like really great questions. And I well, I think we are- my job as a host is is that I always want number one to offer amazing value for my audience, and number two, if I can help one person listening reframe a perspective that puts themselves in a more favorable light, then that's what the show is all about. So that's always what I seek to do when I when I talk to somebody. It's really powerful. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so. For folks out there listening, if you would like to connect with Alyssa, you can find her website, uh, Alyssa Harper Pease, that's P-E-A-S-E, Pease.com, and also the Center for Conscious Wealth. You will find those in the show notes as well as her social media handles if you just want to connect with her. Um, you know, because really, I think somebody once said years ago, how we do one thing is how we do everything. So if you're noticing that something isn't quite right in the money area of your life, then take a look at other areas in your life too and see if that lackful thinking or if that, you know, non-belief, if you will, in yourself is existent. And this is something I think that's always open to us at any time that we can take a look at. And that's one of the reasons why we we started this show is to open up channels of conversation so that, you know, we just make it known to you that it is possible for you to change how you do you you know, any day and know that it's always available no matter what's happening. But like with what Alyssa and I've been talking about, it really is choosing to think in a different way. And that's really where it starts. Um, if this episode has been helpful for you or inspirational for to you in some way, and you would like to share this with a friend or a colleague, please copy the link and send it to them directly as a free gift from me. Or if you like, you can connect with me on my site, www.theallisonk.com and reach out to me directly and we will take care of that for you because this is how we start change in the world and this is why we're still creating change after being on the air for almost four years and why we're always ranked high in the podcast shows because we reach more and more people every week and that's always my intention. So this is Allison Katzkowski with The Ultimate Journey of Self-Care. You are one step closer to living your ultimate life, so make it a good one. Bye.